The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Next thing I had was Pastor New Manufo. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here? Are you excited? All right. So um, I have 15 minutes, so I'm going to go straight into the word. But before that, I want to thank um, everyone. Um, Reverend K is not here, but I want to thank him in, a, in absentia for telling Pastor T to invite me. Then I want to thank Pastor T for inviting me. Because it's one thing that uh, August said your name should be on the list. It's another thing for your name to be on the list. I don't know if you have seen Jam, jam List, where you, the name is there, but it just cancelled. <laughs> Praise God. And all the pastors and leaders, I appreciate you. And those of you, all of you that normally shout when they say Pastor Noel is coming, please keep shouting. <laughs> keep shouting. So, so they will think our ministry has relevance and they will keep inviting us. Praise God. You know, you know those people that are always like, ah, Pastor Noel is coming, Pastor Noel is coming, Pastor Noel is coming. And I go, so what's going to happen? Is he going to walk on water? You don't even know, Pastor Noel is coming. Just keep talking like that, okay? You will have help in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's my joy and privilege. Every time I get to minister here, it's an honor. It's an honor I cannot take for granted. And I appreciate all of Kingsword family. I celebrate. We are Kingsword. Amen. Uh, when you are king's word, you are king's word. You cannot, you were either never king's word. Once you are king's word, you can never stop being king's word. You know, there's just some places you have been ruined for. And some things you've been ruined for once you are king's word. You just can't stand certain things anymore. So I celebrate this great commission. I am glad I'm part of it. I'm glad at what God is doing. 20 years is not a joke. 20 years of ministry. Can we put our hands together and celebrate God for what he is doing? Hallelujah. I came here with my lovely wife, my sweetheart. The reason why I have not left the ministry and why I have not been kicked out. She keeps me sane, keeps me focused on the things of the spirit, balances me out. Helps me not catch fire in the negative sense. Praise God. Should have seen what I wore when I wanted to come here today. It was almost like t-shirt and jeans. I said, look, I have a doctrine of simplicity. She said, eh, this one too is simple. Just upgrade a little bit. So I appreciate her. Can you put, help me put your hands together for my wife? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Father, we honor you and we worship you. There is none like you. There is none that compares with you. We stand here today not because we are qualified. We stand because you qualified us. And Lord, today I speak not from a position of accomplishment, not from a position of uh, the know-it-all, but from a broken place, from a place of process, and as a man still in process. So I turn this meeting 
over to you. And I ask you, who is the only perfect being to speak your word perfectly to your people? In Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen. Turn around. Welcome someone to your left, to your right. And you may be seated. Now, as you are taking your seats, um, please just everyone get out your phones and get on Facebook. I've been instructed to tell everyone to quickly share this particular um, message, what's going on right now. Go ahead, get your phone out. There are phones and there are stones. If your phone cannot do Facebook, it's a stone. All right, so get out phones and please get on Facebook and kindly help us share and let's begin. There's been a lot of um, instructions. How, okay, how do I know how many minutes I have? In? I have 41 minutes remaining. 50 minutes. Okay, thank you. Praise God. If you share on time, they will bring you again. Amen. I have been having certain encounters with God, and I've been around for a few of the meetings in this minister's um, conferences, ministry school, and I have been, you know, supercharged um, with a lot of the things that have been said, a lot of the things, nuggets that have been dropped here and there. And I hope most of us here know how to approach these things, that um, you don't, you know, the, the wrongest thing, allow my English to do, would be to draw up a list of everything everybody says. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You're going to have issues doing that. You're going to fall flat on your face. So I want to encourage you, um, because I feel like I'm coming to drop several other nuggets again. And so there are some of them that will apply to you right now. Like Pastor Emmy was saying, some of them six months from now will hit you. And that's when it's supposed to start. So God is just loading you. You're like a cupboard now being loaded. Pastor Tunji, nice to see you. <laughs> You're like a cupboard being loaded. Just get everything in and be bringing it out and using them one after the other. So because of that, I wanted to stay with fundamentals. I wanted to stay with basics. I wanted to stay with things that, um, because not everything applies to everyone. Um, and men of God, we know how to make everybody feel bad. I know feeling bad. One man went for a meeting of my sons and came from there straight to my house. And he was in tears. He was practically in tears. And he said to me, he said, are we all do, actually doing ministry? Some of us are just clapping for those who are doing ministry. And he was just so overwhelmed at what a lot of people were saying and a lot of people were already accomplishing. So don't let these things overwhelm you. Look at the number and say, don't let it overwhelm you. So God knows where you are. And God knows your heart. And God knows your determination. And God will help you succeed in Jesus' name. All right. So I'm staying with fundamentals. A few weeks ago, um, as 2017 was drawing to a close, I said, God, I need you to help me. Um, I, I thank you for what you've done with Covenant Light. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for ministry two years. But I want, my heart yearns for something deep more. So please show me 
practically what I need to do for wind in 2018. I fell in to see the way it happened. So I, I literally had five visions during that period. So I'll talk about three of them. The first one I saw, so what I'm sharing with you today are just my part of my own processing. Um, I'm not, I'm going to maybe refer to scriptures and I want you to go ahead and get the scriptures for the scriptures that support what I'm saying and put it there. Processing. Was a, uh, a footprint. Somebody say footprint. I saw a footprint, then I saw a leg or a foot inside the footprint, but footprint. And the Lord said, the first thing to me is, somebody say capacity. And he said, you need of your organization. I'm speaking from a place of brokenness. I'm speaking from my mistakes, from my process, from my, you know, the things I've observed. What I saw was a hunger. I'm going to talk about the capacity one. Was a hunger, this metal, metal hunger, and it was on a rack, on a wall. The hanger was hanging on the rack, and there was a pair of jeans on the hanger. And the Lord told me, connected. I'll talk to me. He said, John, metallic hanger. He said, the pair of jeans is heavier than the metallic hanger. The pair of jeans is thicker. It, it will pull down the metallic hanger, except that hanger is connected. Oftentimes, the ministry that is supposed to flow out of you will be bigger than you. And will pull you down except you are connected. Are you getting it? Alright, so we'll talk about that. The, um, the third vision he showed me was of the sun. The sun shining. I won't be able to talk about that today. But I just saw the sun shining at me. I was under a shed and I came out of the shed, looked up at the sun. And the rays of the sun were warm and shining towards me. And God said to me, he said, he said, as you go on in ministry, you will have opportunities to think I am against you. He said, no, that I am never against you. I am not the one keeping your church from growing to teach you a lesson. Praise God. I am not the one causing, he said, they will come against you, but not by me. So stop having this feeling that, you know, I, I, I am maybe doing some stuff because in my, it's just not my time for you yet. He said, the rays and the sun of my love for you is constant. God's radiating love towards you is constant. Somebody say constant. Never changing. He causes the sun to shine on both the good and the bad. The fourth thing I saw was an anointing oil. And he told me, keep the spirituals going. The word and prayer. Word and prayer. The ministry of the word and prayer must keep on going on. Like I said, not everything we hear in this supernatural is applicable to all of us at this moment. But there are certain fundamentals. Prayer and word is a fundamental. Am I talking to anybody in the house? So I won't be able to talk about that. I know a lot of people in the course of these teachings will talk about that. Then the last vision he showed me, it was a trance, was a bust image, a bust image of my wife. And he said to me, 
He said, the last instruction is, let your wife's breast satisfy you. We're going to talk about breast a lot today. So, if you have problems when you hear the word breast, think of your mother's womb. So, it will, it will, you will balance out. I don't know anybody who is disturbed by their, praise God. Wife's breast satisfy you. So, we're going to say, somebody say, I'm ready. So, I'll talk about three of them. Increasing capacity. I'll talk about staying connected. And I'll talk about letting your wife's breast satisfy you. Because in this day, let me tell you something. One of the strategies the enemy is setting up to to hinder ministers and ministry gifts is sexual sin. All right, so we're going to talk about that. So let's start. Increasing personal and and corporate capacity of your local assembly. Um, Personal capacity, I'm going to to just breeze through that because most of us know... um, instinctively. There are three things that God spoke to me about. Three things that if you put them to work, will increase your capacity. Number one is gathering information. The more you know, the more your capacity increases. That's why graduates tend to have more capacity than non-graduates, if you've noticed. A graduate that is starting a mechanic workshop has where he starts it. Am I correct, somebody? Am I correct, somebody? A graduate starting a mechanic workshop Starts on a particular level. There's a way it's, you know, uh, 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 when you come in there, you want to spend more than the roadside guy who calls, who spells Allen Key as Allen Key. So knowledge helps. So gather conferences like this. This is, this is going to be first of many. Praise God. Go for conferences, go for conferences, go for, get, get into the word, get revelation, get information, read, 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 read. Have books, you know, I'm everywhere. I have books in the restroom. There's just some things you can't compromise on, all right? I have books in the restroom, so you don't, you don't waste time. Every time is precious, praise God. I've covered several books just by keeping a book you know, make sure a restroom is a restroom, not a trouble room. What is a rest place? Put some, a book somewhere there. Most of the time, anyway, you get to sit down just looking. You might as well be reading. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Get information. Get revelation. Get Go for conferences. So knowledge. Knowledge. Information. Second one is association. Be selective. Be selective about people. Constantly evaluate your relationships. Break into new relationships. You are not more than four people away from anyone you admire today. You are not more than four people away from anyone you admire today. So break into relationships. Don't sit back and say, um, you know, uh, 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 Pastor T is my father. Every father who is responsible is excited when you are connected to other people who are helping you. Where they have a problem is when you are replacing them. Am I I talking to anybody in the house? I I can't imagine my son coming to me and saying, Daddy, I found a new daddy today. 
He will give me name and address. That guy may not survive that night. So I'm, I'm, so you are doing rich dad, poor dad with me. So who is the rich dad? Who is the poor dad? So I, I don't want that. No father will enjoy that. Say, Lord, you don't understand this. But his relationship with his chemistry teacher is, is my delight. If I find he's getting closer to his chemistry teacher, I'm excited. I know he's going to start doing well in chemistry. If I find he's getting closer to his math teacher, I'm excited. I, I know he's going, he's going to start doing well in math. No true father is unhappy to see you connected to people who can help you. So stop, stop, you know, being so myopic and saying to yourself, well, you know, everything I need is inside here. No, no, no. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Every child gets to a point where what your father carries is not, except, except your line is exactly his line. So that means he's both your blessing carrier and your image maker. But a lot of times your blessing carrier is different from your image maker. A lot of times a Jacob would need the Isaac blessing carrier and the Laban image maker. Sometimes a Joseph will need the Jacob blessing carrier and the Pharaoh image maker. This year, as you step in, one of the easiest ways to fly will be to connect to the right people and start, start being a part of their lives. You know, of course, the principle sow seeds into their lives, relate with them, listen to them, learn from them. Then, of course, the third thing in increasing your personal capacity is, um, is going through adversity. Going through adversity. You know, years now in ministry, I've become a little more balanced. The Bible says, the trying of your faith worketh patience. So your faith will be tried. It's good to learn from other people's experience, but there are some things you will only learn by your own experience. There are some things that God will take you through. I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I believe you are well taught here. There are things that God will take you through in ministry. And there is no other way you would learn. Or not even just learning now. Becoming stronger. My friend, Pastor Bolaji, called me one day. He was almost in tears. He said, why are they always against me? Why every time, you know, he, he brought uh, someone to come and sing on his altar. And Twitter exploded. Because the guy was supposedly not born again. That's what people felt. And then, but the guy was, the song was a good, a Christian, a God song by a not so God person. And he felt, you know, and everywhere was, it was his first encounter where he was at the center. Back before now, we used to, we hear of how they're attacking this person and that person and that person. Now he was being attacked. He couldn't run. Twitter was everywhere. And he called me, he said, <laughs> I just need to talk to somebody right now. I said, there is no amount of something I will say to you that will save you. Go through it. And do you know that having gone through that, there's hardly anything they throw at him now that gets to him. He developed thick skin. Sometimes God will get you to go through some things just to become stronger. And, when, and capacity just goes, listen to me, capacity includes the ability to bear pain. Because ministry comes with some serious pain. Some people, you know, one guy got up, a, a, a young man that I knew from when he was just, just basically starting out. 
and then took him in, instructed and all that. He grew. He, and then one day he just started talking strange things. Go on Facebook, say all kinds of, all manner of stuff. And I'll call him what's going on. And eventually I had to let him go from church. You know what? Go get someone who you can listen to. And then, of course, he went on. He became even more angry and started attacking me. And one day I was just so discouraged. I said, you know, why can't I just stay with my wife and children? Those ones can't leave me. I'm telling you, sometimes I just, I just, I just want to just cut off everybody. I got to a point where I became angry with every person I've ever been involved in their life. Praise God. You know what is happening? Like, who sent me? What's my own with you? They born you. I didn't even know when, you, when they born you. I just, your life is going on. Me, I took my own. I said, let me help you with your own. Then I became an issue. You will face certain things. And then after that, the next time somebody came and said, you know, I'm thinking of leaving. I said, I said, um, when? He said three months. I said, no, no, you can't leave three months from now. You have to leave now. So he told me on Tuesday, I said, when can we see? Friday. So he thought we were seeing to discuss the process. I laid hands. I said, so on your way, sir. You are not a bad person. It doesn't mean it's a bad person. You see, rotten tomato in your church doesn't mean it's rotten tomato. It's just not rotten for you. If you keep him in that place, he will, he will destroy every other thing. Somewhere else he will fit in. So start going on your way, sir. You know, I've faced some very funny stuff. I had one time, one of my, one of my uh, 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 leaders, you know, just turned against me, just started speaking and acting in strange ways. And as a pastor, you know this thing where you start feeling danger around somebody. I'll, I'll be praying for him and I see darkness all around me. So I called him, I said, I see darkness around you. Every time I'm praying for you, your thoughts towards me needs to be adjusted. You are, you, are, you are angry. I knelt down before him. I said, please, if I've offended you, I'm sorry. But you need to deal with this. You are giving room to darkness. One night I went to sleep and I saw myself, my wife and his wife, consoling his mom. I woke up, I told her, I said, something is wrong. And then that guy just went out and never came back home till today. I don't care if he was a devil. If he's in your church, it's a big trouble for you. He hit me. I went, I lied down, prostrate in my bedroom. I said, God, just for my sake, please return this guy. And God said, they will seek them and not find them. Who contend with thee? I called my leaders. I said, they won't find this guy. They won't find him. Move on. I've never had the courage to share this anywhere. I said, God told me to tell me that from a place of brokenness, from your own lessons, from your own mistakes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you getting something? All right. So some things will happen. You go through them and you move on. Every of these ministers you know that, that have raised the dead, have had the dead die. Are we correct? And, and, but you will hear about the dead race. And that's one you should hear about. The other one is not your business. When you go through your own, that's your own business. So go through it. 
increase your capacity. Don't, don't resist too many things. Go through it. Don't, don't die in the middle. If you don't die, you will become stronger. All right. I'm going to say some things right now talking about increasing the capacity of your church that I've never been able to say, and I thank God for the privilege to do that. Please hear what I'm about to say. Um, increasing the capacity of your church, your local assembly, requires you to empower those under you. Please help me welcome... You don't even know who I'm talking about. You're clapping already. Help me walk, welcome my, my spiritual father and pastor. Put your hands together for my, for my dad. Praise God. You may be seated. Reverend Kate, I said it in absentia. Saying it from being, thank you for telling Pastor T to invite me to come and minister. Praise God. Increasing the capacity of your church. Please hear what I'm about to say. This is what it takes. Very simple. Like I said, as I'm saying, I'm taught, teaching you, be getting the scriptures. Empower the people under you and it's not, it's not three things. Empower people under you and get out of their way. If you don't empower people under you or you empower them and still try to ask them to do, your church will never function at its best capacity. There are four kinds of ministerial leadership that have been observed. Four kinds. As I'm saying it now, you're going to start noticing pastors around you who are one or the other. There are entrepreneurial pastors. Entrepreneurial. They are always planting churches, starting new things. New things have to be started. And if you don't let them start new things, that church will keep the... the, the, the uh, uh, Ushering team will be disbanded and started. Disbanded and started. Disbanded and started. It will, first of all, it will be called ushering. Then it will be called ushering off. Then it will be called, you know, it just, and they are doing the same thing. It will be entrepreneurial pastor. He starts things. Do you know any pastor like that? <laughs> even sometimes, it may be the guy even holding the mic, right? But you mention it. There are administrative pastors. A lot of times the entrepreneurial pastor is surrounded with administrative. God always arranges that way. In my case, entrepreneurial. And we get surrounded by administrative pastors. And we're always butting heads. We want to have a crusade shaking Lagos. They say, it will cost 10 billion. How much do we have? That's administrative pastor. <laughs> are you not seeing anybody in particular? <laughs> we won't mention names, okay? <laughs> then they can analyze, they can, and, they, and, it's, and they are necessary. In fact, I'm going somewhere with this that will shock most of you. Then there are shared pastors. Those ones, whether they are 50 people under him, two people under him, a hundred people under him, it doesn't matter to him. He just wants to take care of sheep. When I was here pastoring, whenever you call his name, people go, hey! And he has never handled mic, so it's not his, ah, wanna huh, ah, wanna huh. If you drop his life, those people will be pastored, they will know they are pastored. You know when somebody is pastored? 
shepherd pastors. They just everyone has an element of these things. All of them. Pastor T, myself, everybody. We have an element of everything. But these ones, their strength is in their oratory skills. Their strength is in their speaking. When they are thinking of ministry, they are thinking this seminar, that seminar, this meeting, that meeting. Now, let me tell you what I wanted to share with you. I said today I'm going to be speaking from a place of brokenness. I'm going to be speaking about my own processing, things I've learned in my own processing. When I left Kingsworth and came back after several years, everybody look around, look around you. Look at the floor. Look at the pulpit. Look at the lights. Did you see all the things that were on the road when you were coming here? This word has stepped up from when I was here. Please catch this. Do you know that everything you are seeing right now was in Pastor T while I was here? Everything you are seeing was in him while I was here. Sometimes, I'm, I'm giving you practical example because when I say empower your people, people think they know what, what you're saying and get out of their way. There is a level of authority that Pastor T felt after I stepped out. If you can find a way to give that level of authority of why you are in, that's what I call empowerment. It's not just, oh, I've told them that, you see, you guys are the ones running church. and That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about walking your way out of the system. Now, what if, I, you know, looking back, I'm thinking, what if, what if, please hear me, what if I was able, you know, I'm, I'm learning, you know, and right now, you need to talk to my own leaders, because the same thing happens everywhere. As I started Covenant Light Church, I got surrounded by Amzuri pastors. And we started having the same issues. Let's do this. Nah. So, they have, the, the, the capacity of the ministry is the balance in between there. So, I had to call my immediate level administrator. I have learned a lesson. I have to let you guys function and be and fully express yourselves. From today, church is your service. We will have it. If there is no service, figure out why. And solve the problem. Function like I am not here. Because I am not here. In, and they won't hear it the first time. So they will come again and they will. Peace. Some people will come to me and say, Pastor Noel, you know, I, I'm thinking of. I said, go and meet the people who are doing the thinking. You need to start seeing your people the way they would be if you were not around. And it happens. Now, an administrative pastor will always be surrounded by entrepreneurial pastors. They say, let's go here. Let's go start here. Let's go start this. Let's go do this. 
And the, now, the moment he's taken and set somewhere else and those guys are released, the church goes and happens while they are there. It's called the power of empowerment. Empower your people and get out of their way. Somebody say, I hear. So, Pastor T, in front of everybody today, I celebrate you. Can we stand to our feet and celebrate God's servant? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We may be seated. Another important flight fundamental. Sorry, I didn't tell you the title of this flight fundamental. Another important flight fundamental, the part of the five visions God gave me, the second one I want to talk to you about is the vision of the hand on a rack holding a pair of jeans. And God said to me, the pair of jeans is the ministry flowing out of you. It will always be. How many of you have seen ministries and you were following that ministry? Now we follow ministry. So I'm following this ministry. You are following that ministry until you got to the minister in charge. And it didn't look like the guy who this is can be flowing from. Is this the man? In fact, most of the time, it so happens that most of the time when people get close to the minister, they lose respect for the ministry. Have you noticed that? Because the minister is always less than the ministry. Yet, the, the only way that happens is just like the, the, the pair of jeans God showed me in that vision I to, told you about, is stronger and heavier than the, 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 the hanger hanging on that pair of jeans. Or the pair of jeans hanging on the hanger, rather. Even though the pair of jeans is stronger, if the hanger is not connected, the pair of jeans can pull it down. The ministry can overwhelm you. What's flowing out of you can pull you down, as it were. But your connection. Let me tell you an experience I had. I was praying one day. And the Lord said to me, he said, Noel, Noel. I said, sir, please hear this, everybody. He said, what's your... What's your number one assignment? I said, oh, to pastor Covenant Light Church. Your number one assignment is to help your father succeed. Just like you, I was like, no, that, no, explain. It can't be. Because most of us look down. You see, the hunger that is focused on the, the pair of jeans, it's holding rather than focused on staying connected to the rack, is going to fall. He said, your primary focus and assignment is upwards. He said, help your father succeed. Number one, in trying to help my father succeed, that's where grace flows. Because his grace is given him to Help him do his assignment. And so when I'm trying to help that assignment succeed, I become a partaker of that grace. And that grace flowing to me, through me, brings, helps me do my assignment. Are there scriptures? I needed to give you scriptures for this one because it sounds completely strange. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 15. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. I'll read that one. Just turn to 1 Corinthians 4, 15 to 20 for me. He said, obey them that have the rule over you. God always plants you on the people. And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account. That they may do it with joy. I have an account to give. Those who are submitted to me, I have an account to give. It's my job. My job is to look after them. My job is to see to their welfare, their increase. That's my job. Their, their success, their prosperity. I have an account to give. You that you are the one submitted. Also make sure that that person gives that account with joy. Like Pastor Bolaji said when he came. If you don't agree with me, I agree with you. In everything. First Corinthians 4. Are we there? Okay. I've not quoted a lot of scriptures now, so what's going, what's happening? I, I am when Reverend George came. Did you notice that after the first one hour, the scriptures were not going as fast as he was going? I thought the guys have given up. First Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 15 to 20. It says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through thus have I sent you unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, into remembrance of my ways. Somebody say, My ways. When you are connected to someone, listen, you need to understand that these things are supernatural. One of the things that has helped me in life and kept me steady has been understanding that the choice of how I was born was not mine. Spiritually speaking, I found out who my pastor was. I am sending you Timothy so that you can the way of Peter now, my ways. In other words, it's not scripture now. This is the way I do things. And he was saying, follow me. Do things the way I do things. In fact, that for me, the, the heritage I was born, we tight. Okay. When I, when I found that heritage, all the Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Joseph Prince, when I found that heritage, and Reverend K, all tight in. And I did very lovely teaching on why I tithe. It answers all these questions. I look on this and I found out that these people have had all of the arguments and they still believe in the tithing. So beyond scripture, now there are scriptural reasons for it, but beyond that, I'm willing to tithe if it's just the way of Kenneth Copeland. Am I talking to somebody? I'm watching someone whose four or five generations are in the ministry. I'm saying what I want. And he says, I tight. I don't know what tight is. I will do it. Now, there are scriptural reasons. I don't have time. But the main reason why tithing is New Testamental, we're not tithing based on the ironic priesthood. We're not tithing based on the Levitical priesthood. There has been not a cessation of priesthood, but a change of priesthood. Jesus is now a priest after the order of what? Melchizedek. And, and the Abrahamic tithe, when he presented the tithe to Melchizedek, and Mel, 
Kizedek brought the bread and the wine. He, it was a divine manifestation. Have you ever thought about it? No story before that. He just showed up, bam, and he disappeared. Nothing before, nothing after. Like God wanted to do, leave a blueprint of a ministry to come. Am I talking to anybody in the house? God wanted to leave a blueprint of a ministry to come. And he wanted us to know how to respond to that ministry that is after the order of Melchizedek. So some people say, oh, but Abraham only tied once. Melchizedek showed up only once. Hello, somebody. But what was an event with Abraham is a ministry with us. There's now a priest after an order. And the Bible said that priesthood continues forever. It says it's after the power of an endless life. Jesus, when he came, didn't bring goats and bulls. He brought bread and wine. Have you noticed that? It's a different kind of priesthood. And he said, do this as often as you do it. So the bread and wine was to continue. The tithe was to continue as well. Did you get that? Someone said, oh, but did Jesus tithe? If he tithe, how come he didn't talk about it? I mean, talking about New Testament tithe now. Why did Jesus tithe? Why did his apostles tithe? My question to them is, did Jesus tithe the Aaronic tithe? The Levitical tithe, the one every Jew was required to do. Did Jesus do it? If he didn't do it, he has committed sin. It means he didn't keep the law. He must have done it. How come he didn't talk about it? How come he didn't talk about that one? Somebody say, I hear. You know, but all of this study that I'm talking about, that I've done and I'm teaching you right now, is not even at the core of why I tight. There's something called by reason of use. Having your senses exercised. Tight for six months. Don't tight for six months. By reason of use, your sense to be exercised. That's a, lot of, a lot of these guys are wondering, what is wrong with these people? We are showing them intellectual, scripture, and all of that, why they should do this or do that, and they are not changing. Ah, We have, by reason of use, had our sense exercised. I'm going to move straight to the last thing that I want to talk about today, and that's the image of my wife that God showed me my time. I think I'm trying to figure out what the time exactly is. But I have 11 minutes, right? Okay. So, I want to talk to you about an image. The, the, the picture God showed me, the last vision God showed me, and it was an image of my wife. Please, let's welcome Reverend Femi and Pastor Teju. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're welcome, sir. You may be seated. You're welcome, ma'am. Somebody say, I hear. Are you getting these things? All right. Let her breast satisfy you. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18. I need to read this one from scripture. Because they will say it's Pastor Noel. Sounds like something he likes to talk about. Proverbs chapter 5. From verse 18. It says, let thy fountain be blessed. Everybody read it with me. Ready? Read. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy... Verse 19. 
let, let her be as the loving hind and the pleasant roe. Everybody together, ready, go. And be thou ravished always with. You know, I didn't mention that one. You're the one that said it. Amen. Very quickly, a few things. Like I said to you, one of the areas God showed me, Satan is going to try to get believe, uh, ministers in this season is in the area of lust and sex. So, her breast can satisfy you. That's number one. It means that even though it may not look like it, it can. Are you sure you want us to go on? It means it can. I know some of you that just got married last week and all that. You, 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 you don't have a problem. <laughs> but after some years of marriage, it starts looking to you. Nothing has changed about the breast. But it starts looking to you that you need some things like we need variety. Have you had that one before? And even though most of you here will not say it, you think it. The fact that you actually feel better when someone who is not your wife is rubbing your back than you feel when your, your wife is rubbing your back means you think that is better. Listen, you can have variety of food from the same cook. Am I correct? So that means that you don't need to change cook to get variety. How many of you, your wife have been cooking, you cooking beans every day for you? Oh, so it is possible for to get varying food from the same woman. So, let her breast satisfy you. Means number one, it can satisfy you. Let it satisfy you also means, please hear this, that there is a possibility and a tendency that it may stop satisfying you. And you have to let it. That tells me that there are two things. One is, let her breast satisfy you means work with your wife. Help me somebody. Work with your wife to increase her sexual capacity. Also means as a man. I know that I didn't tell the woman to let the man satisfy her. You know, women don't have too many problems. It's we men. 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 You see a woman, a lead pastor, a lady, you hardly hear of her going, at a guy in church. But switch the roles. Just a guy holding the mic, I want to tell you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all the girls are going, and they start coming around her. And this, that's another thing we must learn. Listen, the more desirable you are, the less available you should be. One of the things I learned when I went to start King's Covenant Light was that I realized the challenge of being highly desirable but and also highly available. It's a dangerous place to be. The more desirable you are. So, so there were people who will come and like, oh, so that's, the, that's that personnel. That's the personnel. That's the personnel. But now, when I left a church of thousands of people and I'm pastoring, I started with 12 people. 12 people. 20. 91 on our first service. 56 the second service. All of them had access to my, my office. 
and they will come in. And the same level of excitement that this is the Pastor Noel. Yet now, the, the, the Pastor Noel, the Pastor Noel, they could slap on the back now. 56 members. When you enter a church that is 56 people in attendance, you, are, you, are, you intuitively feel you have access to the pastor. You go to another church that is 6,000, you know. If the pastor looks at you, it's a miracle. If you don't think that the more desirable you are, the less available you should be, pick your phone now and call your radio. If he picks that call, I will make you senior pastor. Reduce your availability. All right, so let her breast satisfy you means number one, you need to allow, let me quickly just run through this. It also means, please hear this, no matter who arouses you, let her satisfy you. No matter, listen to what I just said now, no matter who arouses, it didn't say let her breast alone arouse you. Many things in this world will stir you up. How many of you have been passing by a place and the food being cooked got you hungry? Yet you went home to eat. So no matter who stirs you up, just go home and eat. Am I talking to anybody in the house? And when you, sometimes you feel like, you know, if I don't eat this one that stirred me up. No, remember, that one can satisfy. And when you finish eating it, you will not want to eat again. No matter how good that food was smelling, when you get home and finish your wife's food, the hunger disappears. They bring that food now, you are saying, it's okay, I don't need it anymore. Somebody say, I hear. It also means that we have to treat sex in marriage like we do food. Everybody says sex like food. If you are with <laughs> One man here is afraid of talking to the one. Party, this means eight minutes, right? Please, confirm that. All right, thank you. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by sense, the way we treat food. Sense of duty, for instance. Even when a wife is angry with the husband, he will cook, she will cook food. We have been intuitively trained to feel like food and a wife preparing food is more important than sex. One day I did analysis. Everything my wife does, removing sex, is 50,000 naira a month. Everything. Washing of clothes. She doesn't wash my clothes, she does. Washing of clothes. Sweeping the house. I can get someone to do everyone cooking, waking up the kids, take their bath. 50k. The person will even feel privileged to be a help. 50k. And handling up. But let me go and get sex outside. I will pay with my destiny. So 50k destiny. Which one is more important? Am I talking to anybody in the house? So when a woman feels like Making food available for my husband is more, is, I can do that as a duty. But the sex, no. She has prioritized the 50K above their. Somebody's here, here. Are you getting these things? So the sense of duty we attach to things like cooking food, washing clothes, even when you're a man, a responsible man who is angry, will still drop money at home for food. She will say, I don't like when you're coming for money, 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 money. Take it. 
So that means that a responsible man, even when he's not too happy with the wife, must still, watch the, the, the issue here, must still bring what the woman needs to be able to give him sex. Even you are too angry, send her the flower. You are angry, send her that text. And don't tell her, I'm angry with you. Tell her, I love you. The feeling of necessity. Have you ever, how many of you here have, how many of you here have done this with food? You, you try to eat something. Not because you are hungry now, but because you know you'll be hungry later. Am I correct? Where you say, okay, I'm not hungry. I don't have an appetite. I'm not hungry right now. But I'm going to be out from now till six. So let me eat something before I go. You start doing sex like that if you're married. Sweetheart, let me eat something before I go. Am I preaching good? Let me eat something before I go. Because I'm traveling. <laughs> I need to eat something. And the journey is long. I need to eat something before I go. I'm not feeling it now. But this is not a... Paul said, fulfill your marital duties one to another. He called it a duty. It's not after you feel spiritual, I'm sorry, uh, uh, romantically ecstatic. Some people treat sex like speaking in tongues. When they are at the height of their spiritual experience, Father in the name of Jesus, Father in the name of... And when he hits the high, Roboshin, Tarabashin, Terebe. And then they come back to their normal speaking, their normal prayer. And they do sex like that. They, ooh, they, they're ooh, they're higher, ooh. No, you need to start, you need to start saying to yourself, you know what, I need to do this now. We need to sort this out. And do what it takes. And has what he brings. And the wife has how she takes what the husband brings and makes food. You bring, husband, talk to me. You bring housekeeping. The woman takes housekeeping and prepares food. Why, husbands, you bring some things. You bring the mood. You bring the emotion. You bring all of those things. The, the what? Help me, sweetheart. The one I normally bring. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> what did you call it? The, the calls. The calls. The texts. All of those things is housekeeping. It's housekeeping. If you are not bringing it, you are irresponsible. You bring those things. And wives, please, when the man is unable to bring all of them completely, a response 1,000 naira and still preparing something. And he said, please help me appreciate my wife. We have gone through some stuff. This naira. It's Pastor Lola in the house. And all the women in this house who take 1,000. I see you. Amen. <laughs> Today they are flying out for their, holy, for their honeymoon somewhere. But there was a time when 1,000 naira. Jimmy Tewe. What am I saying to you? That place, there's a woman of virtue and dignity. Your husband may not have sent all the texts. But you need this man to stay focused in the house. You grab him and you show him. In the kitchen, you show him. In the sitting room, help me somebody. 
in front of the door. You do what? As he's entering, before he enters, you've dressed up. What I'm saying sounds like a joke. But I've seen pastors who get angry and church is still moving. I've seen pastors who are walking on their hairstyle. Church is still moving. I've seen pastors who are, who are, who are, uh, what's the word? Ugly. Church is still moving. There are a lot of issues pastors can have. But when pastors, that sexual dimension has a way of limiting ministries. I did a little study. Like I said, I'm just sharing my own process with you. I had, a, I had an encounter with God one day. Please, somebody help me. I had an encounter with God one day. And I was praying. I said, Lord, this was some years back. But when Covenant Light just started. And I said, God, next level, next level. I always do that at the end of every year. And I saw, please, I got him to share this. Because I'm sure for my place of pain, my place of learning. I saw a noose around my neck. And I saw myself standing at the precipice. Of, a, of a, a particular level. And I wanted to jump. And there was a noose around my neck. And God said, if you take that leap, the noose will tighten. And I said, what is this news? And he said to me, he said, your wife and yourself have, have not figured out how to satisfy yourselves. He said, when you step out to go start this assignment, you're going to become like a low-hanging fruit. Desirable but available. And the pressure will increase. He said, the news is not the falling into sin. The news is the capacity for it. You don't know the capacity you have for it until you stop eating and you are exposed. Let her breast satisfy you. Did you learn something today? The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.